Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Thank you for being in our midst. Thank you for being right here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I already said to me and Joyce, it feels like family. So thank you so much for welcoming us. I think uh, on behalf of my boys, I can say it's the best welcome they've had in the church so far. And I can already tell from a distance. So we're so honored. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Steve, Pastor Lisby, um, that we can be here. We get to know you, be part of your church. So good to see uh, C3 Church building in Holland, Amsterdam, different places. Are you excited about this morning? I'm excited too. You know, whenever I get to preach in English in my own nation, it's always going to have a little international touch. Because I'm used doing this to crowds. Which means I might get a little overexcited sometimes. (laughs) And you have to forgive me for that, please. Is that okay? So just uh, hold on to your chair. We're going to fly together. It's going to be awesome. It's great to be here. And it's great to be part of the series Unexpected. And to talk about Simply Jesus. Simply Jesus has been the theme in my life. And a few years back, um, somebody asked me, if you were just to describe your heart in just one sentence, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Simply Jesus. It's just about him. And it's about what he did for me. And you know, honestly, there's a bit of a transition in our ministry. Um, going from go and tell into simply Jesus. Go and tell really says something about me. I go. I tell. But simply Jesus says it's all about him. You know, and, and we just lean into what he did for us. And I pray that we will taste some of that this morning. Amen? I want to open the word of God in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 11, verse 31. We're going to read quite some scriptures. Um, and they're all about people that had something unexpected happen to them. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. The Bible praises a prostitute in the book of Hebrews. you agree on that? And it's, it's, it's very um, remarkable that the Bible does refer to her profession, but praises her for her faith. And I think that's very powerful, because there's people that are able to identify with Rahab, and where she came from, the status she had, the shame she was struggling with, and then God says, I had a better life for her. Let me take you to that moment. Um, Rahab was living in Jericho. Jericho was a big city with, a book, with big walls around it. And God had promised the people of Israel, I'm going to give you that city. And they've had a reputation that whatever God promised them was going to be fulfilled. Everywhere they went, it just happened. So the entire city of Jericho was afraid of the Israelites. And they knew it was just a matter of time before they were going to about to conquer their city. 
So honestly, everyone was afraid. And, and Joshua had sent out a few spies into the land. And he said, go and see what's going on in that city. And I think they were actually looking for that attitude of fear. <laughs> Hoping that if they were afraid, they knew they were ready, you know, to take over the city, to take over the land. And so these spies went into Jericho. And they tried to find a place to hide themselves. And what better place could there be than the house of a prostitute to hide? Right? The most unexpected, maybe. <laughs> um, a little private hotel on the wall of Jericho. Just imagine these guys knocking on the door of Rahab. She expected opening the door to serve them with her services. And she said, what can I do for you? And they said, well, we're actually... Um, and she looked at them and she said, you're not from around. No, that's right. You, you have a different dialect. Your accent is a little different. Yes, that's right. Aren't you, aren't you guys those Israelites that are planning to come and take over? <laughs> uh, yeah, but... We're afraid. We want to hide somewhere. Could we stay in your place? And uh, she decides to take them in. And she actually hides them. Now think about Rahab for just a moment. Think about her life. I don't know about you, but living a life as a prostitute might not be the thing that Rahab's dad desired her to do. Um, if he were on a, on, on a birthday party, he would not say, you know, I'm so proud. My, my daughter's like the, the greatest hooker of Jericho. <laughs> if you ever want to have, you know, something, you, you should go there. <laughs> a dad doesn't talk like that about his daughter. I think he might have been ashamed. I think the entire family might have been embarrassed. But, you know, I want you to know something. Don't ever judge people on their behavior. You don't know where they are coming from. We don't know why Rahab entered into this business. We don't know. But that was her life. And so maybe she was the shame of the family. And they tried to... I don't even know if the relationships were still strong. But something happened on that day. And my friend, today is all about that day. Because this day might change your life. As the life of Rahab was changed that very day. Because the plan of God was on his way to the front door of Rahab's life. Knocking on that door. Offering another option. Offering another life. Offering something else that he's been living for for so long. And the same thing is happening this morning. God is about to offer you something better. Something good. Something unexpected. And so she opened that door and, you know, she, 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 she went into a deal with these guys. Because, you know, in, in the end of the story, she was a prostitute. She knew how to deal. So she said, what's in it for me? If I, if I hide you guys, what is it that you will bring to me? And then the Bible says they made an oath towards each other. Joshua chapter 2 verse 12. Now then, please. Swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family. Because I have showed kindness to you. 
Rahab said, if you come and take over the city, I want you to spare my life. But not only my life, I want you to spare the life of my entire family. Just imagine her dad that maybe would be ashamed of who she is and what she does. That she took ownership in the family and said, I want you to save my papa, my mama, my brothers, my sisters. And from being not the most important one in the family, in one instance, she became the savior of an entire family. Just think about that. Something only God can do. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them. And that you will save us from that, our lives for your lives. And the man assured her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Amen. This is what can happen when the plan of God is knocking on the door of your heart. She did not expect that to happen the very day she woke up. But it can happen in an instance. There are so many occasions that come by every day. And you have to be sensitive for that very moment when God wants to give you a better deal. Amen? So Rahab was saved. And because she was saved, she became part of the family of the Israelites. She lived. You know, the Bible doesn't give any details on what she did after that. I think she went into another business. I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't give the details. But what the Bible does say is this, and this is very remarkable. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 5, Selman, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, which was the father of King David. This is food for some thought. Just think about this. This woman who actually went practically from zero to hero in one instance. You know, I've had this thought many years ago and it's still very powerful. We might feel like zeros. I don't know if you ever feel like a zero. Uh, I sometimes do whenever I make mistakes. And when you go to God, you say, Jesus, I don't feel... um, confident. I don't know if I can do this. I I might feel like a zero. I I feel like a zero. We want God to tell us and say, hey, you're not a zero. You're the real deal. You're awesome. You're cool. You're all that. But you know what he actually says? It doesn't really matter if you feel like a zero as long as you keep me your number one. And then he says, if you are the zero and I am your number one, why don't you come sit next to me together? We'll make a ten. Are there any more zeros we want to add? Because if we add another zero, we'll have a hundred and a thousand and a ten thousand and a hundred thousand. We go up to a million. As long as he is your number one, God will change your life for the good, for the better. And he's knocking on the door of your heart right now, this very moment. Amen? Amen. Can you tell I get excited? I'm so sorry, guys. (laughs) 
But when we, when we look at this scripture in Matthew, we see Rahab became part of the bloodline of Jesus. She became the mother of a man named Boaz. And Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Ruth is another woman I want to talk to you about. You know, Ruth was from another nation. She was from another tribe. She didn't know the God of Israel. And there was this lady from Israel, Naomi, named Naomi. My parents, they, they, they told me they wanted to name me Naomi if I were to be a girl. That's a funny detail, right? It's the, it, I think it means the same as David. It just means the beloved. So it's a, it's a beautiful name if you got it. Naomi, flee for a big problem, an unexpected problem in her nation. There was starvation. Many people died. There was not enough food. So she decided to leave that place together with her husband. And then tragedy happened. She lost her husband. Trying to fight for her life, trying to survive, she lost everything. Sometimes that's what happens. When you try to survive, you end up losing everything. And the first thing you'll think of is, God, don't you love me? Don't you care? And that's exactly, exactly what she said. So she went to this other nation. She had two sons. Both sons got married to two beautiful young women. And uh, both sons died. Her husband died. Her sons died. And she, she actually had nothing, nothing to live for any longer. And so she said, let me go back. Let me go back to my own nation. I'm not worth anything. And... Um, when she said to her daughters-in-law, she said, Daughters, I'm going to go back to my own nation. Just live on your own lives. Don't wait for me. One daughter-in-law, she, she decided to leave her mother-in-law. But the other one called Ruth would not let her go. Let's read about this together. Ruth chapter 1 verse 13. Would you wait until they grow up? She said, you know, if I were to have another son... He'd be a baby and you would have to wait for years before you get to marry him. <laughs> Why don't you go back to your own place? Would you remain unmarried for them? She asked. No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you. Because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they, they, they wept aloud again. And then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. By Ruth. But Ruth Clang to her, to her. So the one left and Ruth said, no, mama, I will stay with you. I will stick with you. And then Naomi said to Ruth in verse 15, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and back to her gods. Go back with her. Can you imagine? Naomi says, Stop following my God. He's no good for you. Go back into your old system. Try your old patterns. Try to find another man. There's no luck with me. But let me tell you something. Ruth saw something in Naomi's life, even though she was bitter, that was far more better than what she's ever seen in her generation. I want you to know something. Maybe you are here because somebody brought you to church. 
Maybe you are here because you've seen something good in someone else's life. And somebody said, why don't you come to church and see if this is suitable for you? Maybe God is challenging you to put your trust into a God you don't even know yet. But I tell you, He has got something good for you going on. Before you were coming, He was already thinking of you, following you, going through your life with you. He knows what you've been thinking of. He knows what you are planning. He knows what is coming. And He wants to be your God. And you know, Ruth said, I won't, I won't leave you. But Ruth replied, don't argue me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. You know, this is very powerful. And you know why this is so powerful? Because in this, in this stage of her spiritual maturity, Ruth spoke about the God of her mother-in-law. Not asked to be her own God yet. Sometimes you can trust the God in the, life of your, in the lives of your friends. You can put your trust in the God and the lives of the God of your family. He wants to become your personal God. But if you can't make the connection, trust the friends around you that have your God. That's what she did. She said, your God is going to be my God. Even though I don't understand, even though I, I don't get it all, but your God is going to be my God. I love it. I love it. And so they went back. To their people. And when she came back, she, Naomi said, don't call me Naomi, just call me Mara. Because, uh, you know, th th that means bitter. So many bitter things have happened in my life. So many unexpected, terrible circumstances. And she went to live on the land that she used to owe. Came back poor. Came back bankrupt. Tried to get rich in another country. Came back without anything. Maybe that's your story. Tried so many things and they all failed. But I want you to know something. Even if it looks like nothing's working out, God is working on your behalf. Somewhere behind the scenes. He knows what's going on. And he's bringing her back to the old circumstance. Now when things are against you, many people, they end up Depressed, sitting on the couch waiting for a better day. You know, they, they might just say, ah, nothing ever works. Whatever I, you know, whatever I try fails. All, all, all these things. And they end up doing nothing. Sitting at home being disappointed. Everyone is against them, you know. That was the attitude of Naomi. But Ruth said, Mama... I don't want to just sit and worry and, and be bitter and be, you know, I, I just, let me go out and do something. You know, it doesn't matter how deep you go, you can always do something. You can always do something. And even the little things that you think they might not matter, God is watching you when you do that. Doing them faithfully. Doing them out of obedience. Trying the things around you. You know, whenever a door closes, don't sit in front.
front of the door crying. Oh, the door is closed. Because my God, when he closes the door, he opens another one. And some people sit crying in front of the door. Well, God already unlocked that very door. The only thing you need to do is give it a little push and you'll see it opens. There are so many opportunities around you. And God is waiting for you to move. So when you move, he can bless you. Go forward with you. And, 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 and I can't find the words. <laughs> you know, it's, he is for you. He is for you. And he loves you. So, Ruth chapter 2 verse 2. Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. To me, the leftovers are a blessing. So many people today, hey, leftovers aren't good enough for me. <laughs> but if that's all you got, that's where you start. I love it. And she said, you know what I love? I love? Let me go to the field and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone. She was willing to take the leftovers from anyone. Sometimes we are a bit picky. And we go like, God, I want you to do something. I am willing to do whatever you ask me, but not from sister so-and-so. Of brother so-and-so. Anyone but them. And you'll end up with them, I promise you. I've had people come to me and promise me things that I knew they couldn't keep. I knew that they would come. We've been shouting too hard, too loud. God will put your word to the test. He'll give you an opportunity to honor what you said you would do. Remember that moment. And Ruth was like that. She said, anything, anywhere, I'm willing to take it. And she took it with the risk of her own life. She took it with the risk of her own reputation. She was a hard worker. I love the attitude of Ruth. And... The beautiful thing is, as she worked, you can really tell that her trust wasn't in her circumstance, but her trust was in God. And God gave her favor. God gave her favor by this man named Boaz. And we can read about it in Ruth chapter 2 verse 10. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I, have I found such favor in your eyes that you noticed me, a foreigner? I love that. She was a foreigner. She wasn't part of the group. Don't you? Can you tell that God has a special eye on people that are not part of the group? He loves to bring them forward. He loves to treat them the best. He loves to lift them up as a testimony for everyone to see. If I work in their lives, I can work in yours as well. And Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. I love this. Everything that she did behind the scenes, 
everything she worked for so hard, so many details that she thought nobody knew, nobody saw. God used those details to promote her. Everything you've been doing that maybe you think is unnoticed, unimportant, heaven's eyes are watching you. And by God's time, He will promote you. And people will know about your attitude. They will know about what you did. You know, Ruth didn't walk around telling what, what she sacrificed. You know what I've done to come this far? You know what I've left to? You don't know my story? No. She was humble, serving, waiting for the right moment, trusting the favor of God. What is our attitude? Are we proud on our sacrifice? <laughs> I remember a talk with an evangelist one day. Famous evangelist in our nation. Big one. And um, I was only young back then. I'm still young, but even younger. <laughs> and um, I said to him, I said, you know, I said, I sacrificed everything to follow Jesus. He looked at me, he said, how much did you have to sacrifice? How much did you have at the time you left everything? <laughs> I said, well, you got a point. He said, me, for instance, I had to give up an entire company to follow Jesus. I said, ah, that's a bigger sacrifice than mine. It's not about how big your sacrifice was. It's about his sacrifice for you. He sacrificed for us. So we can start running. I learn more and more that for me to lean into the finished work of Jesus is what it's all about. The moment I think I begin to earn things, I get stuck. And the moment I let go and trust, the more comes my way. And I just can't explain. And I want to feel and follow that rhythm of grace every day. Amen? So good. So favor comes. All of your works will be noticed. And then when she came back home to her mother-in-law, she told all about what happened. And uh, I think her mother-in-law, Naomi, she had an eye for, uh, for love. And she said, well, I think this guy is into you. I think he really likes you. What I would do if I were you... And she made this plan together with her. And she said, why don't you go and visit him? Uh, just make yourself beautiful. Dress you with the, the best clothes. And she bathed her and she took care of her. And then she said, this man has the capacity to save us, to buy our, to buy our land and to give us an entire new future. Why don't you go ahead and try? And you know, that's what she did. She went into the harvest field after he had a long day. And he laid down and she met him at the end of the place where he was lying at his feet. And he noticed her and immediately there was that connection where she said, I am into you and I like you. You know what I absolutely love about Ruth is the attitude. She could have said, I'm from a different nation. I'm no good. I'm a refugee. I lost my husband. I have so many reasons not to be your wife. But she tried anyway. So many times we fill in what other people think about us. 
Let's stop with that. And take heaven's notice in our advantage. What heaven says, what matters, the way God looks at you is what is the truth. And she took that. And she went to Boaz. And then at the end of the night, he said to her, Ruth chapter 3 verse 15, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. And when she did so, he poured into six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. And when Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her. She came home with so much grain within her shawl that she could hardly bury it. That's what the Dutch translation says. He had to help her carry the weight of the blessing she came home with. Let me tell you something. You can work for years, but one night with the king is more productive. It's all about our relationship with God. It's all about the divine moment when the plan of God knocks on your door. And we change our plans. And we say, God, it's not what I want. It's not the way I look for. But it's your way. And I will trust you. And I will follow you. And that's exactly what happened. Now, then Naomi said, okay, this guy could be the guy that could stand in for us. Pay the price for our land. And and we could have an entire new future. Only there was one little problem. And the problem was that there was another man which was rightfully the first one to buy them, to pay the price for their entire family. So Boaz liked Ruth, and he wanted her to be her wife, but he had to settle a matter in the middle of the city. And so that's what he did. He gathered all the elders, and he sat down, and he said to this man that was rightfully the one to step into their problems, he said, you could buy his land. And then immediately he said, I will. Because he was a businessman. He said, that's a good thing. It's a good deal. Rightfully his. But this is what happens. Let's read it together. Ruth chapter 4 verse 5. Then Boaz said, On the day you will buy the land of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the debt with his property. And this, the guardian redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself, I cannot do it. This guy was rightfully the redeemer of the family. But his ego was more important than to help the family. Are you listening? He said, what's in it for me? This is worldly advice. The people are are full of people that want to help. But they don't want to sacrifice. They want to redeem on their own benefits. So, Boaz said, if you want to redeem this family, you will also redeem Ruth, the Moabites, which is the part of the family we don't really like because she's not from our nation. In other terms... If you want to pay this price to redeem the family, you also get the in-laws. And how many of us love the in-laws? With everything that comes with it. 
And Elboa said, I want it. I want it. I want to redeem you and I want to buy all of the mess that belongs and comes with you. Your past, your history, the man you left, the man that died, I don't care. And this is the beauty of this story. Because Boaz is a picture of Jesus Christ. And he'll sit down to negotiate with the one that has the first right. Well, if we look at the Word of God, without Christ, without Jesus, there's another person that has the first right into our lives. Um, and we could name it the enemy. Every time something good happens, a little something happens. Like this guy, he could, he could change their future. He, he could have, um, I think he would, he would not have been the best, the best plan for Ruth. He would not have been the best plan for Naomi. And it is Jesus who sits down at your table on your behalf. And he says, I want to redeem you. But Lord, if you want me, then what about my in-laws? He said, I want them too. Lord, if you want me, what about my past? He says, I want that too. Lord, if you want me, what about my flaws? What about my failures? He said, I want them too. Remember the story of Rahab. She was a prostitute. God says, I don't care. I find faith. I'll work with that. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how holy you are. It's about how good and holy our God is. Some people think in order for them to receive God, they must lead a holy life. But if you can lead a holy life to deserve God, you wouldn't longer lead God. Are you following me? If you're so holy, you, you deserve it. You won't need His grace. The gospel is about grace. The gospel is about new beginnings. The gospel is about the imperfect life that God wants you to lead together with Him. And you know, honestly, I don't like to live an imperfect life. I hate it at times. See my own faults and failures in myself, around me. And we strive for that momentum. But you know what? There is a place in Christ where I am righteous, where I am holy, where I am set apart. And God wants us to learn to look at that way. And every day I'm reminded of my own self is a day that I realize it's only by His grace. Amen. Time is running out, guys. I want to ask just um, the band to come to the front. Have you noticed time going by so fast? Wow. I will redeem you. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. Selman, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, who was eventually the father of King David. Rahab and Ruth ended up in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. People who would be the least, we think, they would deserve to be mentioned in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. But you know, God loves to use the unexpected. He loves to promote those who we never thought 
would be qualified to do what he asks of them. And whenever he does, don't, don't, don't be offended. But say, Lord, let me be one of those. I'd rather be an imperfect guy used by God than a guy that thinks that he deserves to be used by his behavior. Leave it all behind. Honestly, I've, I've been through every stage. I've tried everything. Trying to be important. Trying to be, you know, zealous enough. I've tried, I've tried everything. But in the end, the plan of God will continue no matter how I behave. So I better just yield to Him, surrender to Him, submit to Him, and say, Lord, have your way. It's not about me. It's about your life in this world. It's about what you want. It's about who you want. But you know what? My failures don't defend you. You have taken care of them on the cross. And that's why he's here this morning. And I just want to ask you if you can, if you can, to please stand in the presence of the Lord. We're going to pray together. Ask and invite the Holy Spirit. I just want to close with this and say, now Boaz is a picture of Jesus. He's the Redeemer. But Ruth is a picture of the church of Jesus Christ. She's the bride. And together, it led to new life. And instead of bitterness, Ruth chose for hope. Instead of disappointment, she chose for life. She, she chose to believe the God she actually didn't know. And it became the blessing of her life. And like Ruth, she became the hope of Naomi. And this bitter old woman became joyful again at the end of her life because she see the, she's seen the promise. And in this way, I believe God wants to use the church to be the hope of the world. To be the hope of the broken people. To be the hope of the bitter people. And say, we've seen there's a better way. Why don't you come and join us? Why don't you come and join us? We'll introduce you to our Jesus. Lord, as we pray, I just want to ask you to close your eyes. Lord, as we pray, we thank you. From deep within us, did you care for people like me, like Rahab, like Ruth, like Mark, like Peter, like, like John, like Steve, like Paul, like Gabriella? Like Joyce, you care, Lord. You care so much. And you take us with all of our flaws, with all of our mistakes, with all of the things we're not good at. And you care and you say, you know, we'll make it work as long as you put your trust in me. And I don't know about you. I don't know about your circumstance. I don't know where you're from. I don't know where you live. But I know the plan of God is knocking at the door of your heart right now. Telling you there's a better way. And I just want to warm Well, thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time. Because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked Him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from Him. 
And today, I want to invite you to come back to Him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer today, the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.